What's up, friend? How are you doing? Welcome to Plus Ultra. This podcast is for online entrepreneurs who have already launched their first offer and have already made their first sale. You're going to learn the mindsets, methods, and actionable steps that business owners took so that you can truly earn your freedom and design a life you don't need an escape from. We release weekly episodes on Wednesdays. Some are in interview format, others are in monologue format. I'm your host, Mateo Carrasco, but my friends call me Mateo for short. <laughs> no, but seriously. I was a management consultant straight out of college here in Washington, D.C., and then I worked remotely in 2020 from Denver, Colorado, and all of 2021 from Oahu, Hawaii. I lived in Kailua. From there, life got really interesting. My fiance and I, we decided to call it off. I started my own business, Veloxis, where I help business owners with their systems, their automations, integrations, and I help from prospecting to fulfillment. This podcast, Plus Ultra, is going to help you with the major roadblocks that will appear on your entrepreneurial journey. And more importantly, the people I will interview are other online business owners who have really amazing offers, life advice, and business stories. And with that, let's dive right into the episode. Welcome to Plus Ultra. I'm going to reveal to you some old money lessons I learned when I was in a fraternity in college. I went to Virginia Tech, which is a school in the south of Virginia. And so I had an absolute blast. The guys from the fraternity were absolutely fantastic, super driven, very smart people. I received bids from different places, but I chose the fraternity I chose, which was Beta Theta Pi, because these guys were super smart. They were very good students, but also they did athletics. They were well-rounded, right? And some of you may be thinking, hey, Mateo, you're a rat. You're about to talk about some fraternity secrets. Ah, I am not, no. Um, and actually, it's kind of unfortunate because Beta Theta Pi, it was established in Ohio in 1839. And we were actually the first fraternity to make our constitution public, which I think was a huge mistake. For those of you listening who are childhood friends of mine, connections, you know my family, you've been to my house, you know that my father is a Freemason, my grandfather as well. And so my brother and I, we were actually in the order of the Demolay when we were 12 years old. And you can only be in the order from when you're 12 until you're 21. I'm very thankful for my time in there because I learned to appreciate rituals. Rituals are fantastic. They instill values in you using symbolism, using all kinds of theatrics and such, but it's really powerful stuff. And so when I was in college and I had the opportunity to join fraternity, I was ecstatic. And I was connecting with other guys from all different walks of life, different backgrounds. And what was the most attractive thing for me was the ritual aspect because Greek society, these Greek organizations which surfaced in the universities were first underground. There was a demand for a brotherhood where people were not just going to take all the indoctrination that they were being taught and they wanted to learn real life value things. And so they had to go underground. They didn't get many funding. And now we have nationals. We have all kinds of organized stuff. But of course, fraternities will always be in demand. They will always exist. And I graduated from college, what, like four years ago now? I remember nationals were breathing down our necks. Our chapter in Virginia Tech had already been kicked off campus like 10 years before for having a good time. The mainstream media always paint fraternities in a bad light because they don't like the idea of young men congregating together, discussing ideas. They're trying to destroy the Socratic method, which is just sitting around discussing ideas, dissecting ideas, and really being devil's advocate and understanding points of view, developing your arguments, basically becoming an articulate weapon. They don't want that. They want you to just take what they're saying and just live with it, right? So they don't like fraternities, but again, 
they will always exist. If nationals and mass media really crank down hard on universities and say, hey, you're going to lose your funding unless you get rid of your fraternities, we're just going to go underground again. It, it's not, no big deal, okay? And so I got a lot of value from my days in the fraternity, and one of the things we got was a pledge book. It was called The Son of the Stars, and it was a pledge manual. And a pledge master, they, they gave my whole pledge class this book. And inside it contains how to be a proper gentleman, how to conduct a meeting, how to do proper introductions, all kinds of really valuable stuff. The rituals in Beta Theta Pi have been so watered down. There's nothing in this book. Even if there was, I would never share it with you guys. I don't share in rituals. I don't share secrets. That is something that I take super close to the chest. But there are things in here that I know can help you on a business level. And so I'm gonna share some of those with you today. I'm actually gonna share the top three things that I learned in this book, in this pledge manual, that will help you become more respected because these are old money etiquette lessons that honestly a lot of people just forgot how to do. So the first one is knowing how to make an introduction properly. A lot of people, and I see this all the time, they don't know how to actually make introductions. So you always wanna introduce a junior person to a senior person. It's gonna sound like this. You're gonna say, Professor Smith, may I present my fraternity brother, John Doe? John, this is Professor Smith. You notice how I'm directing everything towards the senior person first? I'm presenting the junior person to the senior person. Another example could be something like, Dad, may I present my roommate, John Doe? John, this is my father, Francisco Franco. And in the realm of making introductions, handshakes, a lot of people know that the handshake should be firm. You should lock in eye contact, but a lot of people don't really understand why eye contact is so important. You wanna lock eye contact because it's telling the person, hey, remember me, I'm different. And this whole crowd of people avoiding eye contact and the generation really of people who don't really lock eyes, be the person who locks eyes and say, hey, I'm here, remember this. And like, give them their hand a good squeeze. Don't break their hand, but just be firm. Three seconds is the magic number, three second handshakes, that's the best. And in that same vein of handshakes, you never want to extend your hand to a lady first. You want to wait for her to extend her hand first. In this day and age, the equivalent would be something like don't initiate the hug first. Let her go for the hug first. You're going to make her uncomfortable. You're going to make everyone uncomfortable. Don't, don't be the guy. <laughs> don't be the guy just shotgunning hugs to all the honeys. Don't do that. That's going to spook them. And it's not right. Also, when it comes to first contact stuff, introductions, and if you're hosting in particular, when you're hosting, a general rule of thumb is that you should be the glue guy. You're inviting a lot of people who probably don't know each other. So when you notice someone who could help someone else, or you know that there's someone in the function who has the answers to what someone's telling you, it falls on you. It's your responsibility to introduce those two people. That is actually adding value to everyone's experience there. You as the host are the glue guy. So that was more social etiquette. Let me talk about more of the business side of things, more business etiquette. First of all, learn your Roberts rules. You must know your Roberts rules. That's what 85 to 95% of US organizations operate under. Make a motion, then second that motion. That way you discuss on one thing that's important at a time. Don't talk about things that people don't wanna talk about. Like if someone makes a motion to talk about the Amy Schumer special, no one's gonna second that, right? Learn your Roberts rules. Very important, makes you look like you know what you're talking about. In my corporate consulting, I was actually a scrum master, so I was facilitating a lot of these scrum meetings. So we had basically what's known as a sprint. I'm not gonna get into that, but basically these were really fast meetings, so no Roberts rules here, but basically I would only allow the devs to talk about one thing at a time. But other business etiquette lessons that I learned while being in a fraternity include things that you may have heard of, but I'm just gonna make a quick list here. Do not hang your coat on the back of your chair. 
at a dinner, at a business dinner, at someone's house, don't do that. You always want to wear black socks with your dress shoes or when you're going out, black socks only. Having your belt be the same color as your shoes, very important. I like to wear brown. So brown leather belt, brown dress shoes, that's how I do it. And this is something my grandma said, that shorts are for boys, pants are for men. If you can, prioritize pants. Get some slacks, get something with good airflow if it's a really hot day, but if you can avoid it, avoid wearing shorts. No one has seen Donald Trump in shorts. When they put Tony Soprano in shorts, the actual mafia called HBO and said, hey, do not do that again. This is something that if you wanna gain respect instantly, do not wear shorts if you can avoid it. And then for business dinners, when you're sitting at a business dinner, you always wanna let the host order first and then copy their lead. So that could mean if they order some seafood item, you can get something in the seafood list, or if they get something super expensive, maybe you can get something in that range, but you don't wanna be the guy who's ordering the T-bone steak after your host only ordered like the chicken parm or something, right? You don't wanna be that guy. You wanna you want to keep things appropriate. Also in the vein of business dinners, you wanna cut one bite at a time. You do not wanna cut several pieces on your plate and then just eat from those several pieces. That is very childish. So you might be listening to this and be like, how does this relate to business? I don't understand, this is so trivial. This is a different world nowadays. Right now, it's 2023, most of the world's assets are still held in boomer hands, okay? Most of these guys haven't sold their businesses, a lot of them don't have business exit plans, but if you wanna impress these people, this stuff is important. If you have a meeting with someone, and you know what? After the boomers go, you still have to deal with the Gen Xs, okay? Knowing your etiquette is in and of itself important. It actually feels good to move in the world this way, but also in a transactional utilitarian way, it's good to know how to do this because then you can leverage that impression you've made with these older generations. One thing I noticed while I was in Beta Theta Pi was the context of people's language, what they were talking about. I can instantly tell if they came from money or not. What I've noticed is that wealthy people are always building something. They will always mention either things they did, but mostly they talk about the things that they're actively building, actively doing. And something that broke people do, they talk about other people all the time. Even if it's in a good way, they're talking about sports teams, they're talking about celebrities, they're talking about other people's accomplishments. And you know what? I'm reminded by something that Andrew Tate said. He said, if there was a magic button, just imagine a magic button, that when it was pressed, people who could only talk about their accomplishments and their perspectives that were derived from their lived experiences, a lot of people would have fuck all to talk about. Do you realize that? You need to make your life interesting. Be interesting. Build something. Add value to the world. And in terms of old money and these subtle things that make you stand out, one of the things is known as the circuit. This was a concept that I was somewhat familiar with but I didn't know it had a name until I heard Arlen Moore talk about it. Arlen Moore is the genius behind the Mindset Design Podcast and the Maxi program and the Tribe Accelerator program, which I'm in. And he talks about the circuit. The circuit, and you'll notice this when you travel, you'll notice that wealthy people tend to congregate together and move throughout the globe at the same times throughout the year. So they make what's known as a circuit throughout the year. So for instance, if someone tells you they're gonna be in Miami in December, you know that they're likely going to be an art basil, right? Or if someone tells you, hey, I'm gonna be in Croatia in August, there's a high likelihood they're gonna be at Yacht Week. Just so you know, summers are for Europe. They always have been, they always will be. It's the site of pilgrimage for the learned and the wealthy. 
So being in Europe for summer, that's the best way for you to connect with other high value individuals. Girls know this most of all, right? So there's a circuit, learn the circuit, try to tap into the circuit if you can, if it's in your area, it's definitely worth it connecting with these high value individuals. This is the last point. This is the last thing I'm gonna talk about. And if you learn this, it will make you stand out so much. There's nothing more old money than what I'm about to say. If you learn your Greek and your Latin, you're set. Because the basis of Eastern Europe is Greek. And the basis of Western Europe is Latin. <laughs> and I'm not telling you to learn Greek, learn Latin. No, you need to learn the foundation, the basis, which a lot of you guys actually do know a lot. But if you can just pepper in some Greek words or some Latin words in business meetings, you're going to stand out. And a lot of people already do this. In the West, you'll use more Latin. So let's focus on that. So for instance, next time a client of yours sends you an email and requests you to jump on a call to discuss something very specific, you can refer to that meeting as an ad hoc meeting. Ad hoc means for this purpose. So let's list some more of these Latin phrases you can pepper into your business language. Ipso facto means therefore. You have pro rata, which means proportionally, like uh, we will charge a pro rata amount for their 10 days of use this month of our service, right? A pro rata amount. De facto, which means in reality, or de jure, which means like by law. Modus operandi, the method of operations. Vice versa, in reverse. So you guys know a lot of these, but if you can pepper in your Latin, it makes a world of difference. It shows that you're a learned person. Latin is the basis of the West. And so yeah, those are some of the lessons I learned as a fraternity man in my college years. I hope you got some value out of that and that you can take some of this and implement it into your business life. Beta, theta, pi. You know what's funny? We're known as beta, right? We, I went to school in 2014 till 2019. And it wasn't until like the last few years where the whole meme thing of like alpha males, beta males, and like sig sigma males came out like what, two years ago. So I was not in college. But uh, yeah, I wonder if recruitment took a hit with the whole meme thing, because like, <laughs> I wouldn't like to be called a beta nowadays, you know, because it probably sucks to be called a beta when you're 18 and trying to figure yourself out and really establish yourself socially. But uh, yeah, I'm just curious what happened to membership rates. In any case, my time in beta was fantastic. Absolute blast. We're actually known as the singing fraternity. We at Virginia Tech, and I guess more modern chapters don't actually sing sing, but in the 1800s. Dude, you used to get hammered and sing with your boys and you would write actual songs like specific for your fraternity. And again, you would use a lot of Latin in your songs. So should I sing for you guys? I might do it. I might do it. All right. So you do have to memorize a lot of stuff to be a brother, right? You have to know your Greek alphabet, which actually helps me a lot to learn Russian because Russian uses Cyrillic alphabet and a lot of those letters are Greek letters. For instance, Papa is pi alpha pi alpha like just knowing what the sounds make like you can you can understand you can read a lot of russian whatever but you know what as we part ways let me sing to you a beta theta pi song that we all had to memorize called gema nostra that way you can guys go home i can sing some latin and we can all be better people because of it <clears throat> gema nostra candeat Obscurata numquam, atque certus conserat caratatis umquam, 
Sawe beta theta pi tu regina pura cara tu me ocordai cara cara cura Have a great day guys go crush it in business love you guys all plus ultra always join our book club we got a lot of really cool people in there who are just like you just crushing it in business we're all going to make it we're all going to make it take care guys peace